0: Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Chris. Chris, how are we doing, mate? I'm doing good. How are you, Nick? Not too bad. Looking forward to seeing you soon.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, um, Months time. As- when was the last time we actually saw each other in person? Not that long ago, actually. It would have been an Elvana gig.
1: Yeah, we went up to watch Elvana, or or I went up, rather, to watch Elvana and Lovebreakers back in November. I I guess that would have been the last time I saw you in person. Um, So, regular listeners might know that I'm London-based and Nick is uh, Newcastle-based. So, we're kind of opposite ends of England. Um, Coming back to your
0: roots, though, at the end of the
1: Well, ish. (laughs) I, um... I'm a southerner at heart, like that's where I'm from originally, but, but you are right, I did spend some many, of many of my teen years in uh, some of my roots in the northeast, so teen it's always good nice to get back there. Yes, but, looking, uh, forward yeah, looking forward to that for sure.
0: Cool. Um, well, what's been happening? Anything new? Um,
1: what's been happening? Been no, a busy not-
0: man from a management perspective and life management perspective as well yeah that's true
1: that's true on a personal level i'm in the process of moving so that's keeping me busy come into the office more and um you know listeners might know that i work with love breakers i manage them so and we've got we've got the social distortion tour around europe which is ever approaching and we're just kind of getting ready for that and I've just been, you know, this is my first time in this kind of role, so I've been learning the ins and outs of the role of a band manager, and it's and uh, some you know, EU cool. challenges. Get... Yeah, there's a, there, there's a few here and there, um, Not... but I, I hope we're navigating around them. Okay,
0: we've heard of, heard a few of that, haven't we, from some previous guests about yeah the, the yeah. EU being a bit bit troublesome. Cool, keeping you very busy. The yeah but well
1: what about yourself what's new with you
0: not much mate pretty pretty dull to be honest with you my wedding anniversary of the weekend so that's probably a bit of a milestone coming up
1: uh happy anniversary
0: uh, thank you and um, but other than that just head down working at the moment we're kind of well not a boy, but hitting you know the new financial year in april so there's lots oh, of, yeah, of course. strategy and planning sessions at work at the moment and lots of refocusing and all that bullshit basically so yeah um what's on anything on your radar new release wise new release wise i suppose
1: the, the, one of the big ones new mgk album the other day um do you hear any of that
0: nope didn't even know
1: about <laughs> it <laughs> didn't even know about uh, it wow an album. It was two years ago so it was due for a new one um yeah, it's 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 all right. It's quite similar to that last one. <laughs> when when it's when it's good, it's quite fun. Some of the lyrics aren't maybe the best, but there's um, a couple couple of songs on there that I've had on rotation that are pretty decent.
0: Right, I think I've just haven't seen it because I'm like so disengaged with those type of.
1: You've just been uh, so uh, turned off by that whole sort of genre, haven't you? Yeah,
0: I've been disengaged with you know that type of people and socials and things like that <laughs> yeah. um hey if you can bring yourself to do it i
1: would i can i would guarantee there'd be at least three or so, four songs that i
0: well I, I mean would, i did hear you the genuinely um, like on that album. i did hear the bring me horizons track with what's his name ollie 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 sykes ollie sykes oh, yeah, heard i don't that one. i
1: don't like i don't like that one Is that on the, i assume
0: that's on the record yeah yeah of course yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that that's not one of one of the my favorites but um yeah there's been that um oh so there there's an english singer called Noah Fintz. it's like obviously sounds like you say no offense but it's spelled Noah Fintz. and <laughs> um I, I and he's on the hopeless records but i know him cuz um, uh, the 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 producer that lovebreakers are working with at the minute's been doing his stuff and he put out a new single, single featuring Hot Mulligan the other day, which I thought was
0: quite okay. cool. Check you out with all your connections these days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop it.
0: Um, I'll check. Yeah. yeah, check check him out. What kind of stuff is it? Uh, it's
1: it's pop punk. He but he, he he does sound English, which which is always refreshing. Um, mm, yeah, it's hard, hard to pigeonhole him. He's he's got a unique sound. Have a listen, see what you think. I think it's kind of, you know, he's kind of marketed towards the sort of young bloods kind of crowd. I would say generally, but it's quite cool that he's on Hopeless Records.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. What Check about you? Up.
1: What about you? You anything new on your radar?
0: Um, I mean the Hot Water Music album, the rec- new record that came out. Been given that a good good spin.
1: I think. Yeah, we talked about that last time, didn't we? What, yeah. Are you are enjoying you- it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty pretty solid album. Um, although I still think that the that first first track they released is probably probably the strongest one. It's the last last song on the record. Yeah. Um, I tell you what I heard the other day, and I don't know if you. I'd be surprised if you haven't heard it. Is this the the? Uh, it's a song that MXPX released with Zebrahead and um, Bad Cop Bad Cop. It's called Nothing in um, Nothing in the Dark.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's
0: actually it's it's a Mercy Music song, I believe. Well, I, I mean, I didn't know much about Mercy Music, and I read a bit, little bit about it in the sense that MXPX, Everhead, and Bad Cop, Bad Cop have done a cover a cover of it to to basically raise this band's profile. Um, you know, because okay. they're like un, you know, because they're just a bit. Um, I think they just appreciate how difficult it is for for bands in in the industry these days. So they've like done this yeah. cover. So I listened to that song, really great fucking mint song. And then I listened to the original. The original is better than, better than that cover. They've done it. Have you listened to the, the mercy music version of it.
1: I haven't listened to that song. I just started listening to some mercy music stuff after hearing that cover, but I will. And I like their sound. They're very cool. Cause all these bands, are, they've, they've got a show together coming up, haven't they? Yeah. At the time of recording. Yeah. I don't know, you know how it's, it's about to happen. I think um but no it's cool like mercy music are on um wiretap records Who put out everything comes back to fucking love breakers but love breakers (laughs) and rob shout out to rob who runs wiretap records out in the states who's a really cool guy so they're one of his bands so i think he's he's really delighted that that they've done this
0: yeah no that that track especially go and listen to it it's fucking it's really good 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 tune um what else oh youth society yotam Ben Horan, my previous guest, he's released his mm-hmm. first um, song from his new album. He's got he's I saw that. I haven't listened yet. I, Jim, I feel bad. Jim I Adkins, listened. he's obviously got you know he's got Jim oh. Adkins or Jimmy Eight World um, that's, that's on a, that track yeah, that's as a well. Um, but it's really really good track. Interesting to see what that what that whole project and solo piece is like. But song called Young yeah. Forever, which is going to be the name of the record, which is out end of May. Okay, um, that's about it, I guess. Really, seeing that yeah, you know, what we were talking about last week, Gaslight, obviously doing a run of shows and putting, going to put yeah. some new music out. I don't know yeah, where they that's are with exciting. that. Do you know when 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 they're expecting to release release stuff? Are they just writing now, or you got any idea?
1: I, as far as I'm aware, they've they haven't really um, given away much about that. We just know that a new record is coming.
0: It's going to be a full and, full uh, length record, is it? I think I think
1: I heard that somewhere. Nice, uh, which is very exciting. And then obviously they're touring the states and they're touring here later this year, which is great. Be, um,
0: hot property, to those tickets, I would imagine.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think, I think they're playing Wembley when they do London, so oh so wow, it's going to be a, dem- okay. a big demand to see them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit easier to get tickets if they're playing such a big big venue like that um and that was it really obviously okay. very s- sad news last week taylor hawkins passing yeah, very, um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like f- 50s a young age definitely oh there's some bands coming out saying so a lot about that this week
1: did you see travis barker's <laughs> post about him
0: no. no yeah
1: that was that was quite cool um just like, you know, I don't think it's any secret that you and I weren't aren't particular fans of, of of his band, but he seems like um seemed like he was a cool guy. Like uh so Travis just posted about when when Travis was still working as a as a bin man, um, coming up playing in punk bands, and that's when Taylor Hawkins was in Alanis Morissette's band. That's that's the band he was in before he joined Foo Fighters and uh he would come and watch Travis play at local bars and just would always say to him, kid, you're a star, you know, always take him aside. And then obviously Travis goes on to, to about once Travis was in Blink and he'd made it himself. Like, you know, they'd always you know, have a moment together whenever they played festivals or whatever. It was it was touching. It was nice.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, they'd probably cross paths a fair few few times. Yeah, yeah. A well-respected, well-respected drummer. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get into...
1: No, I think we can dive straight into the the main subject of today's episode. Yeah, um, bit
0: of a different, bit of a different vibe this time.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is always cool to have. Yeah, because basically, um, Manchester Punk Festival it's a sort of a big deal in the UK scene. Been around since twenty fifteen. Um, Nick and I were, I think, what was it? Two, so two years ago. So obviously, yeah. So it was when COVID hit, but like before covid hit we had, we were all booked up to go to Manchester Punk Festival interview a bunch of bands we were really excited about that obviously that didn't happen so this is Manchester Punk Festival 2022 is going to be the first one that's happened since that one was cancelled and um you know as 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 people that were always interested in the festival we we've, we've been wanting to talk to people who were involved in it and um we we finally got um Kieran Kelly booked who who helps organise it. Um he's played in bands himself and stuff as as you'll hear from the interview, but um we kind of we just wanted to talk to him about MPF in general, I guess. Yeah. Here it is then. Um so we are here with Kieran Kelly.
2: How's it going? It's going okay. I am feeling five out of ten. Got a bit of a sore throat. I'm trying to go to Budapest on a, my own stag deal on Friday, so I'm just hoping I can avoid it turning into oh, the actual wow. Rona. Oh, oh shit!
1: Man. Yeah, yeah. Fingers like, crossed for you. Have you had? Have you had? Karen no, not yet. yet.
2: So, fingers crossed. This is just a uh, okay. okay, like a booze cough. Oh,
0: no. Have you got a wedding wedding plans shortly after, or have you got a bit of time between the stag uh, well, and we've wedding? Well,
2: we got stag days on Friday, and then Manchester Punk Festivals on the second week of April, and then the weddings the last weekend of April. Some some busy. I'm a busy boy. <laughs> wow. Busy times, busy times, yeah. So, I mean, ha-
0: Go on, I was going to say, how much of like mm-hmm. the wedding planning is kind of fallen over to your your other half, given the festivals, kind um, of. Well, so so up? Millie
2: um, normally does a lot of the graphic design for the festival as well. Um, the graphic designer. Okay. So this year we've um we've been leaning on the other guys quite a lot, um to to kind of take some stuff off us. So I think from, from January, we were like, right, we've actually got to try and plan this wedding thing. So hopefully the other guys can take a bit off us. And, and they are, they're being very nice and not throwing their toys out the pram when I, I keep ignoring them. So yeah, uh got, got a very helpful team.
1: Um, how how big a scale wedding are you planning? Um, it'd be like
2: 100, 150 people. So okay. reasonable size. Okay. Um, and we're doing it like yeah. all ourselves. So like the 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 wedding band is like my i play in a band called throw and stuff the wedding band is our drummer's wedding band yep. and then the djs millie's maid. okay our friends are doing like the catering and stuff so it's all it's all very in-house so it's kind of just like planning two mpfs okay. after each
0: other <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though i suppose i suppose festival planning kind of feeds into wedding planning quite nicely i guess really entertainment food exactly right. the, the, logi- yeah, so you've the got logistics exactly line it. up
2: and then fortunately again Millie's a graphic designer so she handles all that side of things for the wedding like signage and invites and whatever and the website and then I handle yeah. the, the google sheet nice man um
1: yeah so getting into this podcast I mean the, the way we normally do these shows I mean it's normally someone from a from a band and that's we we're just talking through their history of how the band happened or whatever up to whatever release they're putting out but i mean we 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 talk to people across the industry as well i guess don't we nick it's not always someone in a band but like you kind of i guess you tick two boxes being throwing stuff and being behind manchester punk festival so i I guess nick what do you think is the best way to approach this kind of we'll we'll go through um your sort of background in music here and then sort of build up to how Manchester Punk Fest came about, I think, what was it, 2015 or whatever, and then just lead up to where, where we're at in terms of um, it coming back after. Is it because it, it's been away for two it, years? It has,
2: yeah. We cancelled one in
0: 2020. Crazy. So if all we'll goes well, we'll be back next next month. Cool. I, I mean, let's start then kind of, obviously, you're based in Manchester now, right? Correct. Are you? I mean, are you born and bred around there? I mean, where were you brought up? And I guess tell us a little bit about you know where you're from um, and I guess your early early introductions into music what you were listening to when you were younger and growing up a little bit born and raised on the uh, mean streets of Peterborough um just
2: just up the A1 um from London um yes yeah, lived there until I was 18 19 and then I moved up to Manchester for university and never really left I started getting into like I guess punk music and stuff through like Green Day, Rancid. Um, my dad liked to, like, a bit of the Clash and stuff back in the day. Uh, I say back in the day, he still does. Yeah, um, He's coming to his fifth MPF this year, actually. Um, but yeah, oh, so i right. nice. been, uh, been getting into it from from early. And then Peter wrote a cool little scene um, kicking off when I was about like 16, 17. So I started going to punk shows around there. Um, I was like, H2O came through... Leftover Crack, SNFU, like sick, sick bands coming through, like um, to play at like a couple of venues. That the main ones definitely a uh, estate agents now, um, but there's still still a few heads in Peterborough that are um, putting gigs on and stuff, and in Stanford as well, which is quite close. Um, so I put my put my first show on um, in a in a basement with um, with my friend Geordie who uh, plays in a band called A Great Notion. And we put on Our Time Down Here, if you're familiar with those guys. Yeah, yeah, as in uh, Will Gold's old indeed, band. Indeed, indeed. Um, so put, put a gig on with them, and then uh, Giles Bidder played acoustic on that, um, and then a guy called Tim Bantol on a band yeah, called well, The Eyes. Yeah, for- former podcast guest. I thought you might know him. Um, and then... Uh, yeah. And from that, literally from that night, my life kind of just changed. So me and Giles stay around my parents' house and then we both bunked off our respective jobs for the next like two or three days and just joined the Tim Van Toll tour around, um, East Anglia and, and Lincoln mostly, um, met a bunch of people, okay. um, James Hull, Adam Bilboa, who were both moved into Manchester that summer include with me. Um, and then that kind of set me off in Manchester. So they started a band when they moved up and I started moving north, which is what I put gigs on under. Um, so, yeah, they went down the band yep. route and I went down the promotional route. Um, was it, was their band uh, Leagues, 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 uh, Leagues Apart? Would, the, would that be the band that they started? Yeah, Leagues Apart. Um, originally called Despite Everything. And then they had to change their name because there was a Greek band called Despite Everything that they okay. had a lovely MySpace back and forth with. Um, but I think they are great friends now. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then I just started putting on gigs under moving North. Um, very much in the sort of like, I guess, fest punk vein. Um, it seemed like apologies and bangers Mm -hmm. played every show I did for about five years, um, which is great. And then I started doing an all day called manch Festa. Pretty, pretty clever, right? fest Manchester Manchester
1: See what you did there yep <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um which which is going pretty well um and then um a couple of other promoters from Manchester were doing similar so they were putting on their own all dayers and um we liked some of the bands from each other's lineups but not a lot of people went over to each person's um I guess they're, they're all dayers. So you very much get one audience going to whoever put on moving North gigs and then so on and so on. Yeah. Um, so we just came together and we were like, well, why don't we blend like the three all dayers into a sort of festival over a weekend, um, and get people, get people in front of new bands, um, which we know they'll love because the same type of bands are already playing these gigs. Um, but just the sort of like very siloed loyalty to each promoter was, wasn't crossing over the uh, sort of like audiences.
0: Was the, um, and I guess the loyalty as well. I mean, go, I mean, going back a little bit in terms of how you get into that, I, I, I guess you were still young, moving to Manchester, new city. I mean, was it a case of just finding a venue that would host a night for you and you had your own venues that you kind of brought together? I mean, how did you, how do you personally kind of get into the the promotion and um, get it off the ground in in a new city, I guess, really for you? um the internet was great so
2: um when i moved up i was like using punktastic forums quite a lot and then there was a i love manchester music forum as well um so there's already people like putting on some good punk shows in manchester so at my first gig was at a place called crowbar which is opposite um where manchester academy is um and i've been to a couple of shows there i think they've done like um some people had put on like, Algernon Cadwalader kind of there. Um, maybe good luck, and a few other bands. So that was literally the first place I found to put a gig on. So I just went in, asked if I could hire the upstairs. Um, Francis, who's the drummer from Leagues Apart, was working. Still is working as a sound engineer. So his company like hooked us up with a PA, um, and then I, I, th- I guess he ran the sound. I'm not really sure who ran the sound. Someone must've run the sound. They didn't sound too bad. Um, and then just went that way. Like we did really well on that first show. We had about 66, I say about, I know exactly how many, it was 66 people, um, that we got in, um, on the first one with a lineup of like, I think it's the arteries above them, bangers, leagues apart, just panic. Who is my wedding band? Um, and then I think Giles right. opened up as well. So a lot of people came, really fun night and then just kind of kept going on from there really. Okay,
1: so um starting throwing stuff. How did what by the way what's what's the deal with throwing stuff at the minute? Is 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 it is it active or is it more has the festival kind of
2: taken precedence for you? Um I would describe us as mostly dormant. Um our lead singer Ben right. has been living in Myanmar for the last two or three years. Um, oh wow! Okay, so he's been out there working um, for a couple of different charities. He works for Doctors Without Borders now, um, doing some sick work. But yeah, so he's he's been out there for a long time. But I mean, we weren't going to be that productive during a pandemic, um, and we weren't the most productive band, of course. Anyway, uh, we very much just kind of took it in our stride we'd like to do like one tour a year um we've not we our last like release well we released an album in 2017 uh but we did put out a single last year which ben did his vocals from from myanmar so he's in with like the myanmar punk scene uh he's in like two other bands out there so we've got um a guy called chow chow from the rebel riot which is like a myanmar punk band uh doing guest vocals on this latest track that we've got as well um, so we've actually been more productive in a pandemic when Ben's been in another continent than we have like the f- three years previously. <laughs> hey.
0: And if you are going to do that tour, just do it out there. That would be a nice little, um, nice little trip.
2: We, we were genuinely looking at it cause he was like, I can sort out some shows over here. And we were actually thinking about recording our next record yeah. over there cause it's so cheap compared to like studio time in England, even if you factor like flights into it. Um, right. But yeah, then a, then a big old COVID-shaped wow. punch in the face happened for for everybody.
0: Yeah, Goodbye. yeah. I suppose we'll have to get into that in a, in a little bit more detail in terms of kind of how it impacted you. But I, I mean, you were talking about you know how it came together amongst a bunch of promoters. Let's, I mean, let's go back to that in terms of the um, the early infancy of um, Manchester Punk Fest. Um, promoters coming together. What was that first, you know, kind of first setup? How did that look like? How did the planning go for that? Yeah. What was the ambition?
2: Yeah. So the guys, the guys behind TNS records, um, they were doing a 10 year anniversary gig, um, over a few venues, um, with, they power the, the likes of like random Hand and, and, bands like that. And then, um, anarchistic undertones had been doing a all day, called punks in a jungle, for many years. Um, a big mix of like jungle mm-hmm. MCs and music and then like punk rock, um, which was chaos. Um, class in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was so fun when, whenever you went to one, it was so great. Um, but yeah, like Bev, I think from TNS or maybe both of them just kind of got in touch and they were like, we put on similar bands, but no one crosses over. Um, So we went and had a drink and tried to plan up like um, what is now Manchester Punk Festival and then just started it from having a couple of pints and agreeing that that was probably a a good idea. And then um, got AU guys on board. So anarchistic undertones. Um, And then, yeah, we had the first year in 2015 and it went really, really well. Uh, And then we just kind of kept going and it slowly took over our lives um
0: to where we are now what, what did that look like in 2015 in terms of compared to what it what it what it is now i guess um not too dissimilar
2: we've always like we've always wanted to keep it a pretty similar layout so we always want to keep it indoors mm-hmm. like in like limited cap venues um mm-hmm. and avoid going down the route of like big outdoor stages and stuff like that because uh one Organizing an outdoor stage is a lot of hassle. And if you're just using venues, it's a lot easier because the venues are built to run and they've got their own staff. Um, but also watching bands in like packed out rooms and venues is so much better than like watching it at loads of different outdoor stages, I think personally. Um, yeah. First year was great. Like weekend tickets were a tenner, I think. We had about 60 bands. Um, headliners were the likes of the Filaments. Um, crazy arm, um, maybe like wonk unit or something like that. Um, and then we had like two, yeah, two great after parties as well, which form a big part of um, of MPF now. So every night we have like two different after parties, so bands playing one, and then usually some cover bands, um, playing the other. So it went really well. Um, we're very happy with how it, how it went. We had loads of people travel from like. All over, including like people from Europe, just for the first one. So we thought we'd th- we thought we'd just uh, okay, that's cool. Carry on,
0: cool. And I, I and how did you kind of that first year? I mean, sixty bands. I mean, how what did you do in terms of planning, kind of budget and like forecasting ticket sales? How did I mean? What did like the planning look like in that sense? Um, I'm not even sure if we did like
2: any prep in terms of like how much do we need and things like that. Um, I guess we, we must've had a budget somewhere, but I think um, each of us, I think each of us took a third of the lineup to book um, to make it easy. Um, okay. And then kind of squished it all amongst the, what did we have? Maybe three venues or four venues um for the main day there used to be a venue in manchester called sound control it's a block of uh luxury student accommodation now yeah. um but it was so great it was like middle floor was a bar and then downstairs was like a 300 cap and then upstairs was like a 450 cap the people that ran it were great it was bang next to um oxford road train station um so we did a, a lot out of that And the festival's still mostly centered around that part of town um but yeah, so we split the, split the uh, line up three ways. Everyone went away and booked a third. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of pieced it into to a running order where we'd make sure that people were kind of forced to watch bands that they might not have seen before, but that we knew they'd appreciate. Um, we spend so much time on the running order for for MPF to make sure that there's no like clashes in terms of style or members. Oh, um, okay. But then also that we know that people who like this band would also probably appreciate this band. So if they get there early, they'll catch a few songs and be like, oh, this sounds a lot like this band that I've actually come here to see, Um, and so on and so forth. And I think it's really, really worked because me and um, Tree from the AU guys have done quite a lot of co-pro gigs since MPF started. Um, I've got such a massive crossover with audience now. It's really working well.
0: And are you seeing people return every year? Like each year the same people coming back? I mean, I I don't know if you're able to track that, but like, especially if you're European people, Um, people coming further afield, are you seeing the same faces? uh, Yes, yes and no. Um, Both good things. Like, so
2: you see people that you only see once a year at Manchester Punk Festival, and it's great. Um, We always like to make sure we know where people are coming from, because we like to shout about how many tickets we sold to X, Y, and Z countries, over the over the uh, world so we've had people from south africa canada japan australia uh brazil was a was a new one for 2019 nice. um so yeah there's just there's 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 people out there who um who want to come and watch the, the the bands we're putting on it's it's great do you feel
1: like you've properly created a little um uk version of fest i'm just trying to think off the top of my head i guess there's. Over the years, there's been sort of rivals to that, like Dead Punk down in Bristol and stuff. But I feel like MPF is like it's it's almost like the lead one in this scene right now, and it's kind of, it's kind of our answer to
2: Fest. Do you feel like that or? Uh, yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what I kind of wanted to do after because I went, I've been to Fest like yeah. maybe four or five times, and it's so brilliant. Okay, it's so brilliant, like. Just being able to walk down the street and there's just venues everywhere, and I didn't think that there's many cities in in the country where you can actually pull something like that off apart from Manchester. Um, so yeah, definitely wanted to kind of create something like that, which is why we've um, why we've done like the whole multi-venue indoor thing, one wristband rules all, um, and people seem to come up and have a lot of fun.
1: What's what? Uh, now of interest, what are some of your what the some of the classic fest sets that are that you've seen that stand out in the memory
2: um are we talking MPF or the fest
1: no sorry yeah fest just when you said you've had some amazing times uh, um, so going to fest four times or whatever what some of the out?
2: some of my first, so watching against me play um in 2010 i think um or fest 10. Um, okay just watching against me in gainesville was Fucking amazing. Um they played the disco before the breakdown in the Encore. It's just like one of my favourite Against Me songs. Um there's a great video of, of them playing that and a big like stage invasion at, at the end of the set. And there's like me, James, Giles, right. um, a couple other people just all all <laughs> like losing our minds. Um so love that. Um Watching Iron Cheek, they played um, a venue called The Kickstand at Fest 8. Um, I think it was just after uh, a band called Cheeky played. And I'd never heard Cheeky before, but they were fucking brilliant. Okay. Um, still love them to this okay. day. And then Iron Cheek just kind of tore the roof off the place. Um, yeah, Fest was all just about going really hard and like uh, having a, having a good old party with because beers and pizza used to just be like a dollar each back then. So you just survive off like dollar slices and dollar beers. Um, Although I wasn't 21 for the first time I went, but luckily I've got some older friends. So it kind of, it kind of worked out that way. (laughs) But my favorite thing from the early fest was that so many people from the UK sort of scene were going over. So you had bands like bangers and apologies playing to like packed out little venues where everyone's just, just going nuts like um, Americans and uh, and English people as well. Just kind of giving these bands like the 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 um, the audiences and the receptions that they deserve, but probably weren't getting just at the regular shows in, in the UK. So yeah, bangers at the um, yeah. at the venue side room was absolute chaos. I think like ceiling tiles were like falling down and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just oh wow, lot of lot of fun times at Fest, and I'm very glad I survived them. <laughs> <laughs> so i
1: mean you 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 mentioned giles and james hole there like are you so do you, presumably do you know quite a lot of people in the in the london scene current or like within the last 10
2: years yeah i'd, I'd say so so when i was so london's not too far from peterborough so growing up i'd come down to london well, for, of course um, yeah come down to london for a, lo- a lot of shows um and then things like uh do you ever go to punk and bowl uh no i know i know of it i never went though no. so i used to come come through to like Punk and bowl when when that was at um bloomsbury lanes and just yeah. meet a lot of people and a lot of people yeah. through the punktastic forum through there as well um and then that kind of built nice. like a little scene of i guess these like 18 year old kids that just wanted to like go and watch the steel and things like that um so yeah probably know quite a few few heads still still in london and nicely dotted around the place yeah it's fu- it's funny like
1: over the in the last sort of I'd say 4 or 5 years I mean you you're probably aware of this but like th- I feel like the main sort of punk rock venue in London has become the New Cross Inn.
2: I don't know if you've, you've been to many shows at the New Cross Inn. I have I've played there once. I think um Jugs put on an Odeya and throwing stuff played there. But yeah everything seems oh, to yeah. be coming out of um New Cross Inn which is great like Paul and everyone there are awesome um we bounce a lot of ideas for NPF off Paul um, and the gang down there, and they, they really help with like booking tours around NPF as well. Um, yeah, it's it's great to have a venue like that in 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 any city. So um, you, you're very lucky.
1: Yeah, for sure. Nick's. Uh, I don't think we mentioned this. Yeah, so I'm based in East London. Nick's based in uh, Newcastle. Probably closer to you. So it's uh...
0: nowhere near the New Cross in. Although I've yeah. attended a few gigs there, so. um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess jumping back to MPF then, in terms of like the, the, those early years, uh, planning for the you know your, the the festival growing and the the bookings getting bigger. Uh, I mean, how were you kind of planning for that? I mean, w- were you just seeing audiences grow each year and kind of being a bit more ambitious? I mean, what was the what was the like the the development kind of of the festival from 2015 kind of into where we are now?
2: um really gradual so like we definitely didn't want to like bite off more than we could chew and just go straight for like a massive venue and it kind of like fizzle out a little bit we wanted to keep the sort of intimate vibe of everything um second year we had a uh, flatliners headline which i think was our first like international headline and mm-hmm. kind of a a step in the direction of of what was to come and that was because um i think i'd Put on flatline as, on, as a headline previously so I, I knew the guys and I knew the agent and the agent was happy with us I guess taking a chance on us and the festival and going down that route um and that went brilliantly like loads of fun I'm pretty sure we sold out that year which is our first year that we sold out um but into like from the f- first year I think our max cap was 750. And then this year, so 2022, seven years later, our max cap is 1,600. So it's not like, I guess it's quite a big jump in general, but it's not massive. Um, so we're still trying to keep it quite quite low and gradually building it year on year rather than trying to lose anything special that we've built up before. So I don't know whether we're overthinking it, um, but that's quite important to us. So very gradual changes. Um, and we don't have the money to like, throw at like massive bands so we can't like pump out silly offers to less than jake and whatever we have to like sell the festival to bands that are like-minded and appreciate what we're trying to do um that's how we got the likes of Propagandy and paint it black to play um because they appreciated what we were trying to do um like we're 100 percent independent we've never taken like a penny off anyone um to run the festival we don't have Sponsors. We don't have like loads of logos all over our stuff. We just want it to be a weekend where people can come, watch bands, have fun, and not necessarily be advertised the shit out of all weekend by Monster Energy and things like that. Yeah.
0: Do
1: you want? Uh, do you intend to keep it that way, or would you, you know, be open to that kind of thing happening if it helped the festival grow? Well, it, that 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 just a, that's just the kind of thing I like, it? worry
2: about if it happens. Yeah, it's always easy to shit talk it until you actually get. Uh, Monster Energy knocking on your door and being like, "We'll give you, right. a, we'll give you a hundred grand." Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but yeah. like, similar, like, we're not biting off more than we can chew in terms of the size and the bands we're working with. Um, so, like, this year mm-hmm. we've we've sold out, um, and we've got like the Skints, we've got Wilhelm Scream, Jeff Rosenstock, Shia Hillard. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's bands that like, I, I mean, we don't really need an extra like influx of cash um to, yeah to do mpf and i think the only like yeah so we, we never really considered it um and I th- yeah i think the the less we rely on it the better and if we can continue going down the sort of independent route then i think it paints quite a good picture for other people to see that they can kind of do it themselves as well
0: I mean, are you looking at, uh, at bands that are kind, of, especially kind of national bands? Are you looking at bands that you know are already coming through the UK on tour, or are they almost kind of looking? Oh well, that you know, Manchester Punk Fest looks good. Let's try and book some some dates around that in you know in the UK, or is it a bit of a, a bit of everything? Yeah, so it started off us just
2: like trying to have Hawkeyes and being like, right, who's playing Gros Rock? Right. Right, we're two weeks before that. Let's hit yeah. let's hit them up and see if we can like get them over to Manchester and then maybe they can do MPF tour through to Grozrock Rock yeah. that way. Um But we actually never got any progress with that like ever. We've tried so hard, but we weren't really weren't really making it work that way around Um so then we just thought like, well we'll just start reaching out to bands um and then it's up to them if they want to throw Grozrock Rock on the end of a tour, but we'll definitely put them give them like a a, I guess like a well-paid gig in the middle of the UK that they could maybe facilitate coming over just for that tour. So two or three gigs either side, okay. we don't have the money to pay bands to just do one-offs. So we can't like fly right. a strike anywhere in and out, Yeah, um, exactly. but we can give them a better offer than you could probably give them on a headline show at a normal club venue. Um, so, and then we're Got also okay. like, we're so keen on bands booking tours around MPF and playing like, London playing Newcastle playing Glasgow playing like everywhere around like lots of festivals have um like radius clauses so you can't play anywhere near Slam Dunk Festival for example you can't put on gigs in Manchester right. within the week before or after um whereas we appreciate the fact that bands need to tour to make money so yeah. we don't mind and
0: yeah.
2: mm-hmm, like it doesn't seem to be a problem for us cuz people come to MPF and then if they play um, the club shows in other cities, once the people are back home, they'll go and watch them again because
0: pumps yeah. are great. Yeah, they can go an hour down the road and play. You know, play a lot of shows kind of in in a short radius. No, it's great. Yeah,
2: exactly. And then if you've got like a, a clash at MPF, then you want to go back home to Leeds on on Monday. You go watch the band then. So yes, um, we, we are happy with how it is. So bands can tour around MPF or they can, um, go through to, well, when grows, what was a thing, go through to grows and and do it that way. But yeah, now we're just trying to come in with some, like, we're just basically trying to find out what sort of headliners we can get early doors, um, and see if they want to build a tour around MPF.
0: Nice.
1: I was just gonna say, you must be rearing to go after the last two years, um, Man, we were frustrated as well because we uh, we we were all booked and arranged to come to the 2021. Like we we'd had an Airbnb, we're gonna we had loads of bands lined up to come and do the podcast while they were doing MPF. It was going to be awesome, but then the dates didn't align for us this year. So I'm still a bit sore about yeah. that one, Nick. Like it's <laughs>
0: yeah, we had Red City kind of coming to our Airbnb to do some interviews, and we were going to take all our gear and yeah. like do like in person podcasts. But I mean, the world changed a lot, <laughs> I guess, after that moment. I mean, yeah. I mean, t- t- yeah. To talk to us about kind of. I guess the build up to build up to well, just what was going on in the world in the build up to MPF, you know, twenty twenty, and like, fuck, yeah. I mean, it must have just been uh, awful for you guys. Trying to keep up to date with it at the time was like so
2: painful, and it was like one of our best lineups we'd ever done, like all sold out biggest, best lineup we'd seen, and we were so stoked, and we were just, like, pushing, like, everything for this, like, 2020 year, and then about, like, February time, you start seeing the news and whatever, and you're like, oh, shit, and then we're just basically like, right, we'll do whatever we're allowed to do, so, you you know, there was, like, early talk of, like, oh, events under 500 people will be fine, and you'll you'll still be able to have them, so we were like, well, most of our venues are under 500 people, so maybe we'll be fine then. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as things progress, you start to get a better picture of the bigger scale of things. Yeah. And you're like, ah, fuck. Um, so I think, like, early early March that year, we were just like, let's just call it now because it's only going in one direction. Yeah. And we don't want to get, like, people yeah. booking more accommodation and booking, like, flights and whatever by, like, almost leading them on thinking, no, we we can do this festival. Yeah. Um, When everything's pointing in the other direction, so we just we accepted it, and we're like, we're just going to cancel it now. It doesn't feel doesn't feel right to do it. Um,
0: I guess the reality is as well. Not it wasn't long after that that actually the whole thing we locked down anyway. It was yeah, end of March. I think yeah, yeah, late late March might have been an OG lockdown.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's you you don't really know anything about it until like the day. The, the bit more news comes through. Mm. Um so you're just kind of going from day to day being like, what are we allowed to do? What are we not allowed to do? Um so we were just like, fuck it, let's just let's just call it now. Um and if we're wrong then we're wrong for the right reasons. And if we're right then it's the least of our worries. Um so yeah we 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 canned it off um and uh, we were massively in the shit because we'd already spent like tons of money on like yeah deposits flights um accommodation advertising um loads of shit like that but the this is like the culmination of everything that we've done with with mpf over the years like the community that's that's come out of it so tons of people just donated their ticket money to us um like we had like one of our best ever years the year we didn't actually run the festival um i think we'd have been pretty fucked without it i'm not sure we'd have been able to do another edition um but yeah loads of people donated their ticket money we sold like tons of merch more than we ever have before people were so supportive um and it really like steadied steadied our ship um to kind of let us do it again in in 2022 and then we just um we just did like an instagram version of it in 2020 um so we had like three days worth of of instagram live things because we still wanted to do something um, and we knew people would just be sat at home wishing they were at mpf that weekend so we put together like a, a proper festival schedule just to run across instagram so we had like punk rock yoga we had pilates we had a quiz we had beer tasting we had like acoustic sets from loads of different people um yeah, it was, it, it was just really nice, like, everyone coming together over, like, three days still, just, like, locked down, but um, just having a bit of fun with it, and loads of people were tuning in and stuff. I think um, some of the live streams had, like, a 1,000 people watching, um, oh, nice. like, the headliners and stuff. So, yeah, it, it made everything feel a bit nicer in a sea of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I suppose you had, you know, all these bands who were uh, going through, like really troubling troubling times I guess really really unnerving period in their lives and their careers and you know we've been quite fortunate to be able to um, you know speak to a lot of people over the last couple of years just because they haven't been able to be out on the road and be touring and and what have you but um, yeah I mean it's I I guess were, were were they all just up for kind of doing like you say you did acoustic sets were they just keen to just just do something and get on board straight away. Yeah, like 99% of people that we asked were like,
2: were well up for it. Um, so Chris, who plays in the Flatliners, Chris Cresswell, um, he was just like, yeah, and he, he played like a great set, properly professional setup. Like, uh, I think he used an elastic band to tape his phone to a shoebox for the for the perfect angle, um, but all sounded great. And just like people... Like especially for people like Chris, where touring is like his income as a musician, so there's like less the sort of like hobby bands like it is is for me and, and many others on the lineup. He's someone where the world shutting down for two years is like you've effectively lost your job. Um, but he was more than happy just to jump on and uh, sing a few songs for us um, and go down that route. So yeah, just um, it was really nice just seeing everyone like come together and have a little bit of fun even though everyone wishes they were just there in person but patience patience is the key <laughs>
0: yeah and and I guess talking about patience kind of what at what point did you did you know 2022 start to come together and at what point did you as a you know as your um mpf community decide that right with, we're okay let's 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 start planning 2022 i think
2: it was like around about when MPF should have been happening last year. So about April time, we were like, right, let's, let's get ahead of the game and let's, let's see what we can like piece together and try and get in for 2022. Um, so we started reaching out to bands and it was, it was really hard cause, um, obviously everyone's rescheduled their tours like two or three times. So bands that might've been available now weren't available. Um, and so on with that so we kind of piecing things together then a few bands kind of fell in our laps that we've been like trying to go for for ages so we've got we had a running joke that we'd never get a Wilhelm scream so like even from like mpf one or two we were like right we'll we'll book Wilhelm this year and it just never never worked out for whatever reason like four years in a row just something fucked it up so it's just a running joke that it would never happened happen but um They uh, changed agent last year um, and then got on well with him. And then all of a sudden, boom, we've got a UK tour and an MPF's the the thing that they're they're building it around. Um, So just things like that kind of like build it like big, um, big things to help us build around. And then we also wanted to get the word out about the festival a lot earlier. Usually we announce about like October time. Um, but we were conscious that everyone's going to have yeah. three years' worth of gigs, three years' worth of weddings, three years' worth of holidays, all to fit into 2022. Yeah. So um, I think I think we got the word out like June, July time last year to try and be like, we're happening. We're actually going to happen next year. Please, please come to – please add this into your already packed calendars. Um,
0: was I mean, was there any kind of nervousness from your side of like, like were you confident at that point or were you still like let's press ahead but shit let's hope we let's like you know we might get this wrong
2: yeah i definitely wouldn't use the word confident um still not confident um <laughs> but yeah i think we were like we, we felt like most of the things were coming out of the other side of covid like some tours were actually happening this year yeah um and there were a few more like positive signs and then i think and then when like Omicron popped its head up around Christmas, we were like, "Ah, yeah, fuck!" Yeah. But then we saw like saw how quickly it shot up, and we just hoped that it would come down as quick. And it's kind kind of done that. There's still a shit ton of cases, um, but I think again, the second time I said it, we're probably over the worst of it, and therefore feeling a little bit more more confident about April.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that the kind of turn of the new year has kind of put a, a, a lot more optimism in your your court, I guess. Really, like,
2: yeah. And we we made um we wanted to be conscious about trying to book quite a UK heavy lineup as well. Um, so if there were like travel restrictions thrown in, we wouldn't like have a decimated lineup. So that's like, so having the likes of the Skints, um, Filaments, yeah. Fresh, like. Um, Kind of the best we can get out of the UK. Yeah, exactly. Apologies. So there's a shit ton of talent and a shit ton of great bands in the UK. So we didn't want to necessarily have to rely too much on things that would eventually become out of our control. Um, and it's mostly gone all right. What,
1: what's the deal with the, uh, comedy stage? Have you got anything lined up for that? I couldn't, not see anything
2: last time. So we've I looked, got, um, Cause
1: I know you referenced, you did that in
2: 2019 yeah so we've had a, a comedy and, and poetry stage the last two times i think um where a guy called uh, red and another one called henry um kind of like handle the curation of those of those lineups because we, we were just like right we don't want to add another stage of bands because we've already got too many bands no one needs more bands because there's like yeah i think in 2019 we had 149 bands across three days which is, is is a lot so we figured we would yeah, how, how can we few. like add value to people's to people's tickets and their like festival experience um so a friend of ours red who's been like running comedy nights in manchester for ages um we trusted him with a comedy stage and then another friend called henry um has been doing the poetry one and we kind of just leave it up to them to be honest um so they pick um, kind of alternative comedians and, and poets that kind of fit in with what we're doing um, as sort of the lineups themselves. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's a fantastic thing when you're just like, don't really have much to do or you've got a bit of a hangover on day two or something, just pop into right. the comedy te- comedy stage, sit down and just laugh for like a couple hours and you'll, you'll feel a lot better. I, I heartily recommend just taking some time out of your day and popping into whoever's on.
0: Cool. Oh, nice little, um, yeah, addition, I guess. Uh, and you, but you sold out this year as well. And you sold out quite, quite early, early on in the year,
2: like yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, buzzing. Like, I think we sold out by about October time, um, which oh. is massive considering that's normally this, the month that we announce tickets. Um, but yeah, clearly people have been starved of gigs and festivals for too long. And they yeah. uh, they were all ready to to come back. so yeah we've, we've sold more tickets than we ever have before. we've We've hit our absolute capacity for for this year and we we've got um a venue called the Union, which is like our main stage and that holds 800 people. Um, we didn't have it sold out in 2019 2019 when am played, I think so. Um, didn't have it sold out then so it wasn't wasn't fully packed. Uh, so I'm so buzzing to see like that room full of punks to watch, um, you know, Mel Banana, Belvedere, Skins, and things like that. Should be um, should be a lovely, lovely moment. Um,
1: it's funny. Before, obviously, you mentioned you know um, not not being in a position to get like uh, less than Jake to come over and play it exclusively or whatever. But um, if if that if if money wasn't an object like wh- who would be some of your dream bookings like dream headline yeah dream bookings dream headliners for mpf yeah I'm, I'm sure you've been asked that question by everyone but it's an odd ob- but we gotta ask it. it
2: it wouldn't be too dissimilar from the kind of route we're on like the, the band that i want to get most is against me that's like that's the headliner i'd love to like play mpf i'd like complete my my promoting bucket list mm-hmm. um and then i know the other guys uh propaganda was the band that they wanted the most and we got them in like the third year um okay. if, if money was no object i'd just bribe kid dynamite whatever amount of money they'd need to to come over and play because um, i think i've got a very very loose deal with um dave house from the steel that if we could ever get kid dynamite to play the steel would then play um, so it's two for one so, so yeah, 100 grand on Kid Dynamite but you, but you yeah. get a steal for yeah. free
0: nice and I, I, I guess from this year's lineup, who like what's your favourite book in this year and like who you most um, looking forward to seeing Um i was really looking forward to seeing Jeff Rosenstock
2: so he, he played um, a Moving North show maybe six th- four years ago. I have a really hard time figuring out how many years ago things were now since, since COVID. So <laughs> yeah, it's in the past, but he played, he definitely played the best moving off show I've ever put <laughs> right. on. Like watching Jeff at like seemingly the the peak of his like musicianship or whatever. He was fantastic. So watching him in like a big room, um, will be great. Buzzing to watch, um, like chewing on tinfoil. They've played. Um, they played an after party for us last time. Um, I think they've got a new record coming out. I'm not sure if it will be out in time. Um, oh, have they? Have yeah, they,
1: yeah. I hear. I hear they always go down well at MPF. Always, it's always a packed room when they play. They're I haven't ch-
2: listened to them for ages. I forgot about them. They've changed their name to Chewy. So um, if you search for them on Spotify, oh, now, I didn't know. Okay, you, you want a bit of Chewy okay. instead? Um, and then I know Andy who. Um, who does MPF? He's like he's been trying to book Melt Banana for years and years and years. And then this year he's he's finally pulled it off. Fair fair play to him. So um <laughs> I think a band like that playing MPF will, will be massive as well. Um, oh, there's just so many. I'm literally looking at the lineup now and I'm just like, because obviously I've not seen loads of bands for two years. It's like, oh yes, yeah, watching like On sind again will be fantastic, watching Crazy Arm watching Fresh. Direct hit, that'll be a fun one. Direct hit aren't playing anymore. They just, um, oh, okay. just had to. Oh, okay. They just had to bail man. on. Their, Sorry, bail on their tour. So thanks for sticking <laughs> the knife in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, big,
0: I'm a big fan of uh, Sorry, the Cat, though. I've seen those guys um, a few times, and they're really good fun live, especially they're. they're yes. Yeah, they like to party that that lot, but um, they're good fun. Yeah, I think
2: um, that just has so many bands like. There's a few that I've never seen before that I'm really looking forward to seeing. So there's a band called TV crime. Don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Uh, I don't think so. A band called TV crime. I think they're from Nottingham. Um, they're kind of like riffy, kind of like Martha motorhead pub rock. Um, okay. But I, I got turned on to them last year and I just like loved it. They've got a song called Hooligans, um, which is, just listen to that on spotify because if you don't like that then you won't like them but you will okay. like that because okay. it's an absolute tune um so looking forward to seeing them for the first time ever um shit present never play anything so really buzzing to see them
0: but what about um like local local stuff like you, you know do you, have, is there any um local manchester bands on the radar that whether they're playing the fest or not like that are worth that are on your radar or worth worth a listen
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, There's a band called Bruise Control um, that started up, I want to say, back end of last year. Um, Okay. They were really, really good. Kind of like Descendants vibes, but a bit more like, a bit more hardcore maybe. Um, Yeah, so Bruise Control, really good. Um, there's this band called Throwing Stuff, all really handsome, um, <laughs> really talented people. So you can go catch them. I, yeah, I heard, I heard they were rubbish, <laughs> but you know. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then, are, are you familiar with aerial Salad? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah, they've 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 played the New Cross many a time. I yeah, think. so they're like Manchester boys, and they've been um, them and Incisions are two Manchester bands that have been kind of. I don't want to claim um, because of MPF that they kind of like birthed out of like coming to the fest and like meeting other people and stuff like that. Um, And both those bands have gone on to be so, so good. Like Incision's latest record, Bliss, is brilliant. Aerial Salad's like next record is going to be lots of little flame emojis. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) watching those guys play on some bigger stages this year, which we've, we've deliberately done. So. We want to get them in front of a lot of people. Um, I think Aerial Salad are going to open up the whole festival for us on the main stage. Um, so yeah, be a nice little uh, coming-of-age moment for them.
0: Nice, cool. Well, like without kind of taking the spotlight off this year too much. I mean, uh, how, how far in advance are you kind of planning the next one? I mean, when does that start? Have you started planning it? Are you doing next year? I mean, what's the what's the future look like?
2: um we've booked in the venues for next year i've sent okay. one email to one band about next year or oh, two actually two actually um just to try and get the feelers out and, and see who's about and stuff but um because of because it's coming up in six weeks and then my wedding is just after it i'm very much trying to to leave anything till after after all that's been and gone. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. So I can actually make it that far. Nice. But yeah, it's, it's always, oh. <clears throat> sorry, it's, it's always like ticking, like the MPF, uh, Facebook chat is just going off all the time with people's random thoughts and like, Oh, this band are doing this, this band are doing that. This would be good. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, the machine's always, always ticking over. Do you get, do you get hassled
1: by a lot of, uh, bands and, booking agents asking for bands to play now that
2: now that you're you know quite a big deal um yeah I, I don't get hassled as much as some of the other guys um so thank you all uh, all bands i deal with um but then yes yeah, we just get like sort of blanket emails from agents where they see like punk fest and they offer you loads of like yeah bands that won't really fit so um yeah so we sometimes get like offered I guess more like 77 punk sort of things. We've had like Steve oh, from the p- yeah. sex pistols, um, yeah. asking to play. And it's just, just doesn't really fit in with, with kind of our yeah. vibe. So we, we really wanted to make something that's different to rebellion because rebellion do that so well. And they like sure. tick that yeah, box because there's no point trying to put on another festival headline by Cox and UK subs in Manchester. Um, yeah. So we, are we're just kind of fucking with what we know. Um, and it seems to be working quite well. So yeah, don't, don't get, don't get hammered too much by agents. Um, it's probably more the other way around. Uh, <laughs> they're just getting like, so everyone okay, of like, emails off me right. being like, have you got that sorted yet? Have you got an updated roster yet? Or, or yeah. just reaching out to the bands um, personally, which is where we've had um, some success. So we managed to book Paint It Black's first UK show in seven years based off just a, bit of back and forth on twitter um right right just i think um they were giving someone s- some shit about being verified on twitter and i just chimed in um as a laugh and then we were talking slid into the dms and then uh, a few months later they were they were our headliner
0: yeah i mean i think that's where yeah. we've had we've had it's, our success really it's isn't quite, it chris really just from yeah, yeah you know I yeah exactly you know we've done frank turner we've done you know ryan from yellow card, done some big people and it's all very we, we you know we have got got people on that have come from management teams and stuff but i would say like 80 percent of our bookings have just come from like direct contact through like social media really which is cool yeah i think they
2: appreciate it as well how yeah. long's how long's wasting time been going uh it's start we started up
1: in end of 2015 so it's been a while now and it was kind of like in those early days it was it was me and a couple of other guys like in on the london scene in london bands and we do do, always do it in person and it would normally be people like you know in the early days we had like sam russo and um james hull people like that you know people who we would still happily have today but it was like people who were local come to my flat at the time you know and then And then about three years ago, like uh, I started doing, like Nick came on board, and we just we started mainly talking to bands in America because we were just doing it all online. So it's kind of it's had a bit of a funny history in that respect. But it's been cool. It's been it's been a long road. We haven't been we haven't been consistent the whole time, but these days we try and do like one or two a month.
0: Yeah, and I mean, COVID definitely has. (laughs) <laughs> as, as awful as the situation has been in the last couple of years, being you know it's actually really helped us, and we've managed to speak to like you know loads of loads of great people um, over the last couple of years. Yeah, 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 had a, yeah. we've
2: had a good run. Yeah. No, yeah, I saw you. Did you have um, Dave from some forty one on recently?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> we did. Yeah, that was about.
1: It was about when was it? About yeah. a year and a half ago now. But yeah, the height of COVID. He was. He's legit one of my favorite guests we've had. He was just, just so easy and just so nice funny guy. and like the most chill guy ever. That he's was. He's got a really Geordie,
0: good one, Gordie, Geordie girlfriend or wife. I'm not sure he's married or not. So, um, yeah, is he's, it? yeah, he's a big new. He's a big Newcastle United no, fan. Was it? No, have I got that wrong? No, what? What's what the said? sugar coat yeah, guy? Yeah, no, a so sugar Nick's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
1: but Dave is a huge uh, Newcastle United Where fan did so that's this Newcastle why Newcastle
0: affiliation ha- come from. Dave ha- um Brownsand. Why is he a Newcastle fan?
1: Oh no, like yeah, sorry we're going off on a tangent. It was when he went to Wales on the school trip. I've just remembered now and he and it was during the the shearer <laughs> yeah, That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that was random. random. But uh yeah, that, yeah, that was a nice good guy. one. Um but yet yeah, <laughs> No, it's funny, Kieran. Like um, we've we've taken up an hour of your time because I was, you know, gonna like maybe get into like our favorite records of the last year or whatever. But like uh, we've covered a lot of ground as it is, so I don't know if we even have to do that. But you, I think you said to me at the time on Instagram, like, how do I basically say the Turnstile record five times? So I know that that that's one that was
2: big with you. Pretty is much that, is that still the case, by the way? Yeah, just what a band. When I saw them in Leeds <clears throat> start of last month phenomenal um yeah, yeah my last year was mostly listening to Turnstile, style listening to the chisel um and listening to sam fender a lot towards the end of it as well once i realized he wasn't like oh. laddie shit
0: rock he's uh he's my next son over. <laughs> no, i'll, let, I'll let nick over, come back kind of. on that one <laughs> he lives two streets down from me and uh, he's a local local lad but yeah i have to listen to it because my wife just will never stop listening to it so and um yeah I worry that my wife will leave me for Sam Fender one day if she meets meets him meets, meets him <laughs> on the street corner, which we, which happens um, often enough. He's, he's too much of a lovely lad to do that to. He's yeah? a very good lad. He's very well thought <laughs> of around these parts.
2: Yeah, I get, I get the vibe that everyone in uh, Shield slash Newcastle has like a little Sam Fender affiliation story. Yeah, and our friend here is no yeah. exception. Yeah, oh,
0: <laughs> otherwise, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool all right well we'll we'll leave it there um kieran but yeah i mean good luck with um the festival and um and the wedding and the marriage and yeah and, all, the stags, and the yeah. stag do
1: fingers crossed fingers crossed you're good for friday yeah. i don't know if you've been before it's a lovely place as well
2: so uh, oh, I've yeah got my fingers, fingers crossed, crossed i here. can survive all three major life events um and maybe catch up with yeah. you guys in the future.
0: <laughs> yes, twenty twenty three. Hopefully, yeah, yeah we'd Manchester like that. We'll um, get it. We'll get it locked in. Wasting time live at, at MPF. Absolutely. Hopefully, oh, you get red city booked amazing. so we can rebook them off the back of you, you booking them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try again forever. Cool. All right. Thanks for your All time. Right. Mate. Nice one, Kieran. Yeah.
1: Really appreciate Good it, luck. man. Nice one. Cheers, boys. Thank you for listening if you liked what you heard we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh wherever you get your podcast whether that's itunes or spotify or stitcher or anywhere like that um also check us out on social media if you you just search for wasting time podcast on instagram or twitter or facebook give us a like or a follow on any of those and also we love hearing from listeners as well so uh, feel free anytime to drop us an email at thewastingtimepodcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well but um, yeah we'll catch you next time
0: you can't wait you to arrive